What's going on, party people? This is your brain on God, and this is Aaron. And this is Daryl. And we're going to be talking about some fun stuff for you today. Mm. We're talking about the good old Matrix. Matrix. I'm talking early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Chris Brown forever. I'm talking <laughs> Little John and the East Side Boys early 2000s. Uh-huh. We're going to be talking about the Matrix and Morpheus and Neo and living from a different perspective, a different world, and how Jesus ties into that world. We're going to be going into how to live free from sin, seeing the opportunity to live and love instead of trying not to miss the mark all the time. It's going to be an incredible episode. Stay tuned for the whole thing. We love you guys. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. Welcome back, all of my boggies. Boggies, <laughs> boggers, bogs. Bogs. All of my bogs, my, our brain on God, people. We've already come up with names for you. You're trapped. <laughs> it's over for you. <laughs> now that you've listened to one episode, welcome back to our second episode of Your Brain on God. God, 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 God. 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 Beautiful. We're so excited that you're here with us. Yep. And we're so excited to get to talk about all of the beautiful things uh, that the mind can do. All of the beautiful things that your mind can do through thinking th- differently uh, in God. And we're super excited to get into it today. We're going to be talking about a movie that's near and dear to my heart. Well, not the movie, perhaps, the but concept the concept of the, movie. of the movie. It's called The Matrix, and this movie came out in early 2000s, so I know this is a bit of late. Bit late. <laughs> <laughs> not a movie review. No, not a movie review at all, but a concept review. Concept review, exactly. Free your mind, Neo. Free your mind. Free your mind. And uh, we're going to dive into the concept of The Matrix. I don't know if you've seen The Matrix, uh, but you can listen to this podcast or you can watch it after. But I feel like, you know, we're going to give away the movie. So if you haven't seen it by now, though, it's 20 years old. You've had plenty of time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You've had plenty of time and you should get on your movie game because it's one of the top movies ever. Yeah, I think there's an official... Spo- no spoiler limit and we're definitely past that we're way past it. i think it's like 10 years or something like that 10 years that's a long time that seems like a long time i think i just made that up though. i think end game was like two weeks if you didn't <laughs> see end game in two weeks well that makes sense <laughs> that makes sense seriously if you didn't see like yeah a movie that big or something like that coming out in two weeks time it's like dude we're gonna share what happened you know yeah we're too excited really, about this not to talk about that opportunity i hate that moment though when you're with friends and you want to talk about a movie and then a person comes in who hasn't seen it and they go in and say wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, i haven't like, seen that yet i'm like listen don't talk about it i'm like listen why don't you leave okay <laughs> so that we can talk about it and i can talk to you later all right right and we'll talk about another concept a movie maybe you have seen yeah so we're gonna get to the concept of the matrix if you haven't seen the matrix basically there's this guy named neo which neo means new new or one New? Does it, yeah, it means new. Neo means new? Oh, Neo means I always new. saw it as a, what's it called when you mix the letters up? Oh, shoot. It's one. He's the one. Dude, I never even thought of that. That's insane. Yeah, Neo. No, but it also He's means the new, new one. He's the new one. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, there's this guy named Neo, and basically uh, the Matrix is a simulation world that the um, entire human race is, basically the entire human race, mm-hmm. is living into uh, because they had a a war with machines. And basically machines started harvesting humans to have power um, because, yeah, I think I might be explaining this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds absolutely crazy because it is. Basically, the machines needed power and they realized that they could use uh, a human's body as power. Because the human generates more electricity than, I don't know. Than some batteries. Than some batteries, <laughs> than many batteries put together. <laughs> and so they would harvest human bodies 
um, and they would use them for energy. And then in order to harvest them, they would create, uh, they created a simulation for humans to live into in their own minds. And so basically this guy, Neo, uh, he's living inside the matrix, but he feels like there's something more. And then, uh, this guy named Morpheus comes in and he's like, yo, what's cracking my dog? Boom. Take there's the red pill. More. Or the blue pill. And he's like, there's something more. The matrix mm -hmm. is real. And then he takes him out of that right. place. He wakes up inside this machine world and he's got all these tubes in him. And he's realized that he's been used as a battery for his the whole 30 years of his life. And then he lives in the real world. And then it's this battle against machines and agents and computer simulations. And you can go watch the movie. That's not what we're talking about today. What we want to talk about is the idea of actually waking up into a greater reality than our own perception of reality, which is often layered and covered and sometimes seen incorrectly. Mm -hmm. But there's, we always know that there's something more. Right. Last time we talked about different perspectives. We mm -hmm. talked a bit about that. And uh, this concept is, is about the norms that we live into, mm -hmm. everything that seems normal to us that we live into. And in the movie, they kind of talk about this that everyone's living in the system and then the system is what we know and we want the system to keep going because we're dependent on it right and so living throughout our lives knowing having these same types of experiences or just our way of living in our normal way of life is something that we try to protect even if it's not the truth right we have a natural way of trying to protect what is normal to us even if it is not the full truth or if we're being misled or misguided or if we're living in a way that is actually not helping us mm -hmm. it's normal to us and it seems right, right so we try to protect it right and, and anything that challenges that we go against right and oftentimes we almost try and stay in a dream world sometimes based on their own perceptions and the realities that we've learned or that we've inherited. Right. And in the movie, all of these people, they didn't ask for this. They were born into a system, right. born into a program, born into the matrix. And so their eyes are almost covered mm -hmm. from this thing. And there's different people in the matrix that know that there's something more, that there's a real world, but they actually choose. There's actually a guy named Cypher, I think his name is, mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the movie. He actually chooses to go back into the matrix because he doesn't even want to know He's that there's the a truth. different reality. He, right. he wants to stay in the matrix because he believes that ignorance is bliss and it's going to be better for him in there he doesn't want to live in the real world because the real world is actually a lot harder kind of <laughs> right. it, the real world is destroyed by all the machines and it's dark and the sky is scorched and it's just a terrible place to live and you got to live underground and all of this stuff but right. the actual the matrix is this nice place and it's this thing that you can get used to and you kind of live a good life you can get rich you can you know have a family whatever that kind of stuff and so sometimes we choose to live kind of veiled almost with our eyes yes. covered and there's a part whenever neo first comes out of the matrix when he's brought into like the real world he's disconnected from the simulation the matrix that uh -huh. he's, he's living in and for the first time he's actually using his real body right, right? and then he, yes. he's asked morpheus why do my eyes hurt and morpheus says because you've never used them before because <laughs> the whole time he was yeah. seeing through the matrix which is all right. simulation his real eyes weren't actually being used right and right. so they weren't used to actually taking the light and seeing it. And mm -hmm. sometimes, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> where you're going. Yeah. Whenever the when our eyes excited. are opened, yeah, it hurts sometimes, right? Because it's hard to take it in because we've never right. seen it that way before, right? Even though it's true, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's something else Morpheus says. He's like, I didn't say it was going to be easy. I said it was going to be truth, right? 
And that's what we talked about in the last podcast is being okay with the truth of a different perspective, mm -hmm. a different reality coming your way. And actually what you talked about is said, if we're actually seeking truth, if we're actually looking forward to truth and, and we're willing to let go of things that are not truth, the only thing that you're going to lose is lies, right? Right. If you're genuinely seeking out truth, but a lot of us, we don't actually want to let go of the lies because we're so used to living into that reality. Right. We're dependent on the system. We're dependent yeah. on the lies that we are believing. Right. This this is actually a, a big thing for me because I've, I've realized... Um, how many things that are harmful to me that I've become dependent on. And I'm not talking about just like addictions or something like that. I'm talking about mindsets mm -hmm. that realities that I've created in my mind that I have become addicted to and not the normal sense of addiction. When we talk about being addicted to drugs or something like that. But I think, you know, even our way of, uh, of thinking can be a drug that we're addicted to, you know, yeah. uh, the, the anxiety that I've lived in. And I almost, I almost use it because it's way safer Right. For me to hold on to my anxiety about things, my own perceptions of things, because those things have created identity for me. And it's easier to live into the identity that I've created or life has created for me than mm -hmm. actually step in and be like, wow, there's actually a different reality. I can step into this. I can be free. And sometimes even that freedom is scary. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, same thing for me. I, I recognized recently, I just told you this earlier, but that the, oh, the almost the need to be small in a, in a mm. situation where there's a bunch of people around not wanting to take up too much space because I've learned that I can be safe this way. It protects me if I'm not taking up a lot of space. It's right. easier for me to survive and to keep going and just to do life mm -hmm. if I can find ways to make myself smaller in an environment. Right. And there are people who are on the opposite side of that. They, f they find it easier to survive when they're the biggest person in the room. You mm -hmm. know, It's easier for them to survive when they're really big. And so we, we can live into these things that are normal for us that we've learned how to survive with but maybe they're not actually the truth of who right. we are or what's best for the people around us or best for life in general. Mm -hmm. And we're not living to the fullness, into the fullness of what is possible. Right. Because we're believing these lies or living into these standards that we have, we have discovered throughout life. Right. And we've decided we're going to stick with these because they seem to be working. Right, right, right. It's the same patterns. Right. That we kind of we choose to live into because it's what we're used to when there's really a whole nother reality that's actually more free. And mm -hmm. it, it, it's interesting in the movie because it's like life is a lot harder actually living in the truth, it seems like. Right. You know, actually knowing that there's a real world and it's not this simulation that they've been living into. Like there's a lot more struggle, but I think every every human heart like desires to be free. And right. we've kind of sold... Um, kind of a, a lifestyle and i think maybe it's a part of the american dreamer you know uh, maybe it's probably a deviation or a, a, a der derivation <laughs> a derivative derivative, oh, a derivative? derivative? Yeah. <laughs> uh, of you know kind of that american and dream where like everything can kind of be peachy everything can kind of be rosy but right. i don't even think that's necessarily what the human heart is looking for no like, I, I don't know if necessarily we're looking for a utopian society. It's kind of what we say and what we idealize in our minds. But I think there's almost more purpose and meaning in actually living in, like, reality. 
you know, in, right. in this life that's like, hey, there's there's suffering, there's struggle, but it's like we're overcoming and we're growing and we're learning and we're getting strengthened and we feel full. There's like this this fully alive mentality when you get out of like this like rosy seeking after what everyone else is seeking, seeking what culture is seeking, living according to the ideas and the patterns and the customs of this world and kind of following the status quo and living into culture, living into society. And, and those things are easy. You're kind of going with the flow of the river, but, but it doesn't actually give you a sense of like purpose or meaning. At least for me, I know that, um, that I, I naturally kind of want to disobey those things <laughs> right. and go against those and move against the grain, kind of move upstream because it's just it's just not who I want to be to step into those things. And that has been like crazy hard for me in my own mind, but it gives me this sense of like of purpose, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, of meaning where I'm actually stepping into real life, you know, or stepping into some sort of real real meaning, you know, where my eyes are like, it hurts to use them, but it's like, I'm seeing for the first time. <laughs> and I'd rather use my real eyes than see through a simulation or see through my own perceptions that I have developed over time. Right. And that's right. hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, whenever we can, sometimes we're, we're confronted by somebody else doing, living out of the system, quote unquote, you know, mm -hmm. and we notice that. And like in the, in the matrix, all, all the attention went to the person who was suddenly not living within the system right when they would mm. go out of the matrix and go back in the matrix right. they're trying to make a difference within the system it would get noticed and then all the agent smiths would be like show up all of a sudden because something's right. going wrong and um i don't know if when he wanted to transition and talk about jesus yeah yeah, yeah. Go but for it. uh when jesus comes in the picture if you guys don't know who jesus is you can look, do, do a quick google search <laughs> google. jesus of nazareth jesus of nazareth <laughs> An historical uh, figure the Bible talks about him. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus comes in to this culture and to this system in the Jewish, um, the Jewish uh, people, and mm -hmm. he is starting to disrupt the system that the Pharisees had in place. Right. And the Pharisees start pointing at him and saying, he's messing with our system. Right. And he's going against with what we know to be true. We need to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, he came into the system to bring truth, right? right? To, keep, to bring truth, to open up the eyes of the blind, mm -hmm. and to show the way of life and what it looks like to actually live fully, fully as a human. He, he came as the, the second Adam, meaning that he is now the new start of humanity. This is what it looks like to live as a full human being. Right. And what that looked like was going against a lot of the systems that were in place. Right. right? The rules and regulations that the Pharisees and the, a lot of the Jewish people felt they needed to follow, right. Jesus was going against. Right. Not just to go against them, but because he knew uh, he knew the truth of the reason right. that they were there in the first place. Right. It wasn't about following the following the rules. It was about living fully mm -hmm. and living into the life that God has called us to live in the way that God has called us to live. Right. And the rules were guidelines, but Jesus was breaking the system by not just following the rules. Right. And he stood out in that way that he was like opening up the eyes of the people who were born into the system, trying to protect the system. Right. Uh, how did? I'm just thinking now, how, how do they um, create these systems? Or how, We talked about it a little bit, I think, the last episode, but um, things that they felt like they had to live into, you know, they become so tied to, obviously, the Pharisees, they grew up, um, you know, learning the Torah, and they grew up in Jewish mm -hmm. cultures and customs, and then they started creating their own laws. I think there was like 612 extra, you know, laws and different weights and stuff like that that yeah. they put on top of the Jewish people. And then they lived in the system and Jesus came and he started disrupting this whole 
thing? How do you think they, they developed those kind of things? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is there, is there, a, there's like a human need to create systems is, is what I'm saying, mm, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm. like a human need to create formulas for life or kind of, I don't know the, the tides and the cultures, um, or I'm sorry, the kind of like the waves of culture, like that we, we naturally create these systems, right? You yeah. know, and then, and then people question them and that's how you get changes in systems and stuff like that. But even when change comes, we have this natural tendency to create kind of freedom from society or free freedom from systems and then create another system that goes again. <laughs> like we have this tendency as humans to create systems or things that people should live into that are the true way of life or something like that. Yeah. And it seems like even if it's a good system or whatever, Jesus is constantly disrupting that systems, those systems and saying, it's not about the system. Like, it's about mm. living actually apart from that system in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you you said a lot. There's a lot there, <laughs> yeah. but I think the the question. <laughs> yeah. So where did it all come from? I right. think part of it. Yeah, I think that is. It makes sense that it's uh, a human desire because we as human beings, and even just from a bio, I think maybe a neurological standpoint, we need to know what to believe. We need to know what's going to happen. Some kind of consistency in order to function, right? right? I use this example a lot, but like, I'm not gonna sit down in a chair if I don't know if the chair is gonna hold me up. I sit on the chair because I've sat on a lot of chairs and so far most chairs have held me up, so I'm gonna keep sitting on chairs. And that consistency gives me something to believe in. Mm. It gives me something to to trust. And I think we find those things throughout life. What are the consistent things that seem to yield the the results that are fruitful? Mm -hmm. And how do we keep doing those things? And I think we build systems around those things. Right. Right. And I think that the, from the beginning, if we look back at the, as far as where did these, they all come from for the Pharisees, you mentioned like the 600 plus rules Mm -hmm. that they had. I think most of those, if not all of them are found throughout scripture. If you look and count all the individual laws and, or the, the do this or do not do this statements that it adds up to, I think 614, um, somebody went through and counted them a long time ago. I don't Mm -hmm. remember the guy's name. Um, but the Pharisees, they did that. Then they also created rules around the rules to pr- make sure they weren't going to break the rules. Right. right? So right. they created boundaries to make sure they weren't going to break the rules themselves. Mm-hmm. And these got passed on from generation to generation to generation, obviously starting with the, uh, the Israelites in the Old Testament way back when, when God first said, hey, live this way. And the Pharisees were a group of religious leaders and uh, who, who lived a certain way. They believed that the that they were gonna their salvation was gonna come by being obedient to all of the laws and to mm-hmm. all of the rules right? right so that's why they made all these extra rules to protect the rules because mm-hmm. they didn't want to break the rules because their salvation meaning they were going to be freed from the roman oppression if they followed all the rules then god would come and set them free right the funny thing is that when god came to set them free they were so fixed on the rules that they right. missed the savior Right, right. They missed the person who was coming to bring the salvation because mm-hmm. they were they were focused on the way that salvation was meant to come. Right. I wonder if that has a deeper meaning to do with just human survival in general, because you just said something kind of kind of interesting. You said like you, they thought that the rules were for them to have salvation, right? So it's if I follow all of these laws, I'll have salvation. I'll mm-hmm. live right. It's like the best way to to thrive and survive in life. And from like even stripping that down, coming from like a survival mentality, living into systems, the best right. way of living so that we can thrive in culture, in society, with God, with ourselves, those types of things. And then um, I, I wonder if, if, if the ability to go against the system 
is the ability to not try and protect your own survival. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going somewhere. If I'm wrong, no, I know I'm I got wrong, you. I think I follow along. Okay, I think so, I follow. but it's like, um, it's like we 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 have these systems in place, these protections. You just said I don't want to break these laws so much, so I build even more systems right. around the system so that I don't break the system so that we can live right yeah, so that yeah, we yeah. can survive and then jesus comes on the scene he starts disrupting all of these all of these systems so he's at, you know healing people on the sabbath which was totally you know against the rules he was having his disciples pick grain on the sabbath which was against the rules um he was saying things that were almost expanding the law he's like if, even if you have anger in your heart it makes you a, a, a murderer, murderer right. you know even if you're lusting after you're committing adultery like just like what the heck is going on you right. know what i mean and he was he was breaking all these customs and he was saying that he right. was one with the father doing these things but it wasn't for like um just self-preservation almost like he was free to have he wasn't afraid of of going against the grain or having other people um question him or he wasn't even almost concerned for his own life for his own safety you know what i mean because it eventually ended up killing him right. You know? <laughs> right yeah 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 there is uh something you just said just I didn't even I never connected these two things at the same time, even though I've known that they've existed. So right. Jesus, he breaks the rules. Right, mm-hmm. on one hand he's breaking rules, and the Pharisees are always getting on him on top of him for breaking the rules. But then on the other hand, he's actually making them harder at the same. On the, uh-huh. Like he goes through and talks about you've heard you've heard it said. Right. But I say, and then right. he says he takes it another step further. Right. And he's like, wait, Jesus, are we supposed to be following? Are we supposed to be following these things? Or are we supposed to not be following these things? And I think that. Jesus is breaking the system. He's getting outside of the system. Right. And he's saying it's not about the system. So the Pharisees, they create all these rules to not break the rules and then rules to not break the rules. Yeah. And Jesus, when he came back, when he came, when he was on the earth, he said, this is what matters the most mm-hmm. to love the Lord of God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. And the second most important thing is to love your neighbor as yourself. Right. All the other, and he says the law and the prophets are fulfilled in these two things. Right. So everything all the 614 laws that they were trying to follow all are kept if they just focus on doing these things. Well, And so they don't need to follow all these laws if they're doing these things because mm-hmm. the purpose of those laws was to help them do those two things, right? right? He said that the Sabbath is not made for, I mean, the man is not made for the Sabbath. Right. Sabbath is made for man, mm-hmm. meaning this, this day of rest is not something that you are meant to be a slave to. Mm-hmm. It's meant to serve you. Right. And so if you're becoming a slave to it, you're missing Whoa. the point. It's it's supposed to serve you in doing those two commandments. Right. It's, right. This so, helps you love the Lord God, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right. and helps you love your neighbor as yourself. Right. If you're ever following the doing the Sabbath and sacrificing loving God or loving your neighbor, you're right. missing the point. Right. So it's almost it is that transition from doing these things in in order to survive or allowing those things to just help you you know what I mean? Thrive and live and survive like right. those types of, those types of deals. Cause, and it's so cool actually in the matrix. Cause that's exactly what Jesus comes in and he provides like this, this new way of living this, like the, living outside of the system. Right. And that's why in the matrix, if you've ever seen the movie, they can jump, you know what I mean? Hundreds of feet and they can fly on buildings and they can run up walls and, and right. do flips and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and Neo eventually finds because he's the one that he, you know, can actually fight these agents and he has power that he didn't know that he has because they are living in a world that um that they're free from that they can actually break the rules of the system right the the laws of gravity in the system because they know that it's not 
real. Right. They the know spoon does not exist. The spoon does not exist. <laughs> so Neo meets this little girl and uh, she's bending the spoon. Oh, I don't know. Is it a boy? I girl? A little boy. <laughs> okay, a little boy. <laughs> I don't know. He or she was bald. But uh, he meets this little boy and then he's bending the spoon with his mind. And then, um, you know, I think Neo asks, like, how, yeah, how, how are you that? doing that? And he says, he says, you cannot try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. You just have to know the truth. And he's like, what's the truth? There is no spoon. Uh-huh. And so, and he's like, and then he says, you'll realize that you're not actually bent. It is not the spoon that is bending, but it's you. And it's like this whole like philosophical, right. like, like your mind is bending. Yeah. Up. Your yeah. mind is bending. Right. And so he's coming into this world and he realizes that he can bend reality because he's not actually from this world. And this isn't actually the realest. That's not actual reality. It's not actual reality. Right. And so then Jesus comes, obviously, you know, um, I always say obviously, like the people listening just know that, <laughs> but he comes in from heaven, from a different world, for a different citizenship, right? He's the king of a different world. And he understands that there's there's different kind of laws in heaven that there than there are in this matrix. Okay, we call it like the, the real world. The real world the, the yeah, the real world of matrix, right? And so he can bend these rules because he's living outside of the system from a different world entering into our world. And then that's why you can heal the sick. And that's why he's going against the system and breaking some of these rules, but also enhancing some of these rules. And he's like saying all mm-hmm. these things that people have, they're like, who is this man who speaks with such authority? Right. right, we've never heard teachings like this guy because he's he's speaking from a different wisdom, a different reality, a different um, a different lifestyle, right? And he's yeah. bringing that a different kingdom. He's bringing that kingdom. He's always preaching about the kingdom, so it's a kingdom that is different than ours. I come from a place that you don't know about, right? And he's bringing that kingdom to start. Um, like he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a. Um, it's like leaven, right? A little yeast that gets into that gets into the lump, right? And it mm-hmm. kind of spreads through the entire thing. So he believes that if he can plant the kingdom into our world, what happens is it starts expanding in in the matrix, right? It, in right. us, this this his world starts to expand in our own world and kind of unveils our eyes to see the truth of that world, even though we're living in this one, right? Because yeah. the purpose is the purpose of the laws and the systems that were in place were mm-hmm. to love your neighbor right. right and to love god right so being angry whenever he said like do not murder but i say don't even hate your brother right so even if you do that you're a murderer because if you're hating you're not loving your brother right right it's not about it's not about the murder Whoa. necessarily it's yeah. about loving them and if you hate them you're not loving them right so he's like he's it's it's like a whole different it's like getting rid of the whole system. It's yeah, like yeah. the system is is not the point. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a there's yeah, a greater there's, law. There's a greater law. Yeah, and there's this other level of freedom when mm-hmm. we just focus on um, on loving God and loving right. your neighbor. Right. Loving somebody else. Right. And breaking away from the system mm-hmm. that is actually stopping people from act, from doing those things. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Whenever Jesus was breaking the laws it wasn't because he was not loving god or loving people but he broke them for the sake of loving god and loving people yes because that's the reason they existed in the first place right yes because it's all about the love right Right. it's all about loving god and loving people and so if even if you're following these systems that do not cause you to love god or to love people then the system is not the it's not the purpose to follow the system it's the purpose i love that so much that's so crazy i you literally just opened up something for me (laughs) but but the thing about the you know to hate your brother is to murder him what he's doing is he's saying you're following the not murdering 
law, right? You're right. not murdering someone, but you're murdering them in your heart because you're not loving them. So it's right. not about not murdering people. It's about loving people, right? Right. And then he's showing what it's really about. So then he, in in enhancing the law, he's actually saying you're missing the point. Right. Right. Yes. He's bringing it back to the uh -huh. point of everything. Right. It's loving, loving God with everything that you are and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. And that Holy sums everything up. You know? <laughs> Holy moly. It's like the, all these laws were built around not sinning, right? But right. then he was like, and sinning means to miss the mark, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone's trying to not miss the mark. And mm -hmm. Jesus was came and he's like, this is what the mark is. Just right. go for the mark. <laughs> right. Just try to just hit the mark. Shoot. This is the mark. Don't focus on not trying to miss the mark. Right. Right. right like right. I don't want to. I don't want to go over there. 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 I don't want to go there. Uh -huh. Jesus just said, go here. Yeah. Just focus on going here. I, I had a crazy revelation recently, and this might be going off topic a little bit, but but who cares, right? I, so, but I had a crazy revelation that it's that I'm not saying no to sin. I'm saying yes to Jesus, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I'm not trying to focus anymore as a believer, just trying to do the right thing or stay away from all the wrong things. I'm focused on Him, and then just being focused on Him, I, I naturally start moving towards the way I should go, right. right? Because I'm actually looking at a fixed point and I'm not focusing on the things I, all the things I have to get rid of. I'm focusing on the one thing I have, which is him, his presence, access to his throne room, access to relationship with him. And then if I can get that right, then I know that the sin, it won't even matter. Not that it doesn't matter. That's, that's the wrong phrasing, but that it's, um, that it kind of falls by the wayside, right? I'm not focused on getting rid of lust and getting rid of anger and getting rid of insecurity and getting rid of bitterness and getting rid of unforgiveness. I'm focused on just loving Jesus. Yeah. And that is the law that surpasses the sin, right? Mm -hmm. Staying, or It's the law that surpasses following all these laws. Well, I'm trying really hard not to lust right now. I'm trying really hard not to, you know, get angry at my parents or, you know, I don't know, right. or not to have unforgiveness towards my dad because he did this. It's like, no, I'm just trying to love Jesus. I'm focused on that. That, and then that naturally starts to, starts to change your heart, starts to change your perspective. And what I was going to go into is that is that Jesus, he didn't just come bringing this kingdom just for him to have. I, I think he's given us access into that reality, right? Right. So that we can actually start walking in that reality and start uncovering those things. Because once I started coming to faith and started walking with Jesus, I started... Um, almost like things started to get uncovered in society and culture and like the ways that we do things. I was like, that doesn't seem like, right. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Like why, why do we think that way? Or why do I, why do I think that, um, this, um, I don't know, pornographic video even will satisfy me or like, why, what, what have I been taught? You know what I mean? From, from these things that I've been, um, kind of taught all my life. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, these things I've been taught all my life and you start to, your eyes almost, it starts to peel back the covers on your eyes so that mm. you can start to see things differently because you're, you're starting to have connection and intimacy and relationship with someone who lives from a different perspective, right? A, a different yeah. world. Right. And then I think in that, when we have that perspective, the, the temptation tends to, tends to not be there as much to do the things that normally would leave us in a place of being hurt or feeling empty or broken. And that, that false sense of satisfaction, once we recognize it as a false sense of satisfaction, it becomes less desirable. Right. But before our eyes are open to see that, mm -hmm. we think that this is going to make me happy. This right. is going to, this is going to be fulfilling. This is going to keep me safe. Right. This is going to make me feel good. Right. Once we start realizing, wait, this isn't the real thing. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at, I'm looking for something else that's going to completely right. complete me in a different way, mm -hmm. in a more full way, in a true way. Right. 
And those things tend to, they don't have the same kind of power, you know, like the power of sin falls off Mm -hmm. because we realize the love of God and how powerful that is. Right. And it reminded me of like, of the end of the first movie, Neo starts seeing all the code, you know, uh-huh. and he realizes like all this stuff isn't real. Right, right. I can right, do yeah. whatever I want. Yeah, like, yeah, this guy can't do anything. He starts to me. flying and he starts diving into people. Yeah, he, and he stops starts, the bullets he stops and he's the like, bullets. these things don't aren't real. You can't right. do anything because he sees he sees the full reality of what's going on and what where he's Whoa, inside. Yeah, you know. And so when we have that mindset, that shift of of that uh, the kingdom of God comes and onto us, we're looking through that lens. Right. And we start seeing the world and seeing all of these things that used to be mm-hmm. tempting or or might maybe have been enticing or trying to entice us mm-hmm. when we look through the lens of jesus we can think that's wait i know what's going on here you know right. when paul says be aware of the schemes of the enemy we're not mm-hmm. unaware of the schemes of the enemy like we know what's going on right so let's live according to that we can know see those things yeah know the power that we have to actually live this live in this world and live mm-hmm. this life out yeah uh, james talks about that he's it's another uh, version or a definition of sin you talk about missing the mark but um, he talks about stealing and he says, why do you steal? He said, is it not that like you have need? And so you use stealing to fulfill a need, you know? Right. And, and so mm-hmm. I've always seen, um, I've always seen sin as almost a, a good desire that's perverted. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I have the desire for food for my family. I don't think that's a bad desire, but if I don't have food for my family, an easy way to go get food for my family is to go steal it. Right. Right. Or to go steal, you know, money from out of somebody's purse or something like that. It's because I actually have a need inside of me and that need is not inherently wrong. Right. It's just a way to get it. Uh, that isn't God honoring or is that is that's perverted or out of um, still a place of, of lack or something like that. It's like I have a need for intimacy. And that's not a bad need. I think we are all created with a with a desire for connection and for intimacy, mm-hmm. for relationship. We are uh, community driven people, and so when I don't have that intimacy, I'm experiencing loneliness or yeah. I'm experiencing um, an insecurity in intimacy. Then there's a whole lot of avenues that I can start going down to start filling up and satisfying that need in me. And oftentimes, when those needs are not God, or, or I'm sorry, those things that I'm going to, to satisfy me are not God. That's when it becomes sin. So now as I'm requiring this other relationship to fill me up, to fill that good, it's a good need in me, right? It's a, right. it's a good desire that I have to have connection. I'm just fulfilling it in a temporal matrix way, you know? Right. That's probably not right. loving God or loving people. Right. I think usually if we think of any kind of sin situation, there's some kind of not loving that's happening. Right. You know, are we actually loving God or actually loving people right. whenever we do this thing or make this decision? Right. And having those needs met in a real, in a real authentic, true, satisfying way mm-hmm. is, uh, is it, it totally changes where we want to focus our energy. Once we right. can realize that, even though it, it's <laughs> saying all this, it still is, there are still temptations, you know, like right, once yeah, we yeah. start, if we have those needs inside of us and we feel like they're not getting met, right. it can be easy for us to look to somewhere where we thought maybe that can give us a sense of it. Even right. it's not the full thing. Right. But when we realize that that isn't going to give it to us, it isn't going to actually give us what we need and right. meet the need in a healthy mm-hmm. way. There is, a sense of empowerment that comes for me to say no right to that thing right and go to jesus right or go to healthy community right 
and and going back to those um we find and then we find like addictions to those certain patterns you know we talked about mm-hmm. that in the in the beginning um like there's certain things in my life that i just can't go back to anymore you know there's still right. definitely still certain you know sins that i struggle with or just different mindsets that i have that i'm still working through and stuff but there's certain things that i've just been on a journey to to cancel them out of my life and i don't even think twice about them anymore one right. of them is having joy in my life and being free from depression Right. Right. And so I found that I, it's all depression has this weird, um, this weird lure to it. You know, it's like this, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's It's like, like you ever feel sad and really heavy chocolate cake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you you take a bite of it and you're like, that's good, but I feel sick. (laughs) I feel so heavy. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but it almost it does have like a feeling good, and I don't know it's because like people start to pay attention to you, or it kind of has this mm-hmm. draw of like it almost makes you feel like you have meaning, or you have purpose, or mm-hmm. like feeling that pain. It's like I want to hold on to it, and I don't want to break free from it because it has this kind of I don't know it has this lure to it. It's, yeah, it's a big chocolate cake, right? But there's there's certain things that um I've un I've uncovered now that I'm kind of living and starting to you know walk in this new kingdom reality that that living in that pain, living in that sorrow and that sadness and that depressing state, it doesn't actually do anything for me. Right. So it's actually mm-hmm. the like it's almost like sometimes we use sorrow and we create our own identity out of it. It makes us feel a sense of worth, of power. Mm. It allows other people to maybe join us in like our own victim mentality to see wow. us. Now people mm-hmm. are paying attention to us because we have this sadness and now we share it with them and they get to coddle us and lick our wounds and hold us. And then we call that community. Probably not, right? But it gives us this this sense, right? And then when your eyes are uncovered, I realize like it doesn't actually bring me into freedom. Right, it's not right. actually the reality. Even if I'm experiencing, I'm not saying the feelings aren't real. I'm not saying the sadness isn't real, right? But remaining there, it's not actually a tool that helps me. And so it's like now that I'm living from this different wisdom, it's not necessarily that depression is just something I'm dealing with and trying to pray away in like a spiritual way. But it actually doesn't make sense to me anymore. Like mm-hmm. my mind has been shifted so much to mm-hmm. living from this kingdom as, as far as joy is concerned mm-hmm. that it doesn't make sense for me to stay in that mindset or not be thankful anymore because it doesn't actually produce fruit that is good in my life. Right. So mm-hmm. you keep doing it, but it's keeping you in the same place. Yeah. And you're going and you're getting that sense of connection or mm-hmm. acceptance or love or community, but you're Identity. still feeling broken. Right. In the whole process. And so the feeling of brokenness still hasn't been mended. Right. Even though you're getting a sense of community and identity and Mm -hmm. all those good things that we actually, you know, that are good for us to have. It's Mm -hmm. good for us to know that we're loved, feel accepted, know that we're part of a a community that people are caring for us. Right. And in a place of what you're just describing, we can hold on to it because it seems to be easier to get it Mm -hmm. when we're there. Yeah. Instead of going to... I don't know, recognizing a, hel- a different way to get those things that we need. Right. What's, yeah. how, what's that? What was that for you? When did you have that, sh- that shift of not wanting to be in that place and get it, but find it somewhere else? How did you find it somewhere else? Well, I just, it was like that. Um, it's, I, I would call just faith. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you actually start to believe what Jesus says, you know, that even though I don't see it right now, like I was still experiencing depression. It happened in college, in sophomore year of college. 
or no freshman year of college. And basically I was like struggling with depression, like basically every single day. And then I, I made a shift to say like, I know that this isn't helping me, even mm. though I feel like it's helping me, right. you know? And it was well, almost like it was uh, faith beyond my feelings of it. You know, I mm. wanted to still be attached to it and I wanted to connect with it. And I remember being at a Christmas party and there was like 150 people at the Christmas party, live music and food and all this dancing. And it was super fun. Everyone was there. And I felt completely alone in the room. And mm. I think I went home that night and I just cried like a baby in my dorm room right in freshman year. Oh. And it probably had a lot to do with just being outside of the house, you know, and still trying to figure out who I was in right. college and trying to figure out community. And I was like a super crazy Jesus dude so there was a lot of people that were separate from me because they just didn't you know we yeah. didn't really connect because i and that's partially my fault as well right because I, I didn't want to connect because i was probably prideful as well right so i felt this loneliness and i just kind of made this shift to say hey there is a different reality god that you have for me to not live into these things anymore like i've lived here for a long time and i've kind of dwelled here but i i know that there's truth beyond this and mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna even if i don't fully believe it yet i'm gonna start stepping into that so what mm. I started to do is I, I started to almost train my mind to believe the truth that I, that I knew was true behind like mm. what I was actually feeling. And every time I would feel my heart shift into that depressing state, I would take a deep breath because uh, God says he's everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? And, and so I would, I would just take a deep breath and just in my own kind of mind or heart, spirit, whatever you want to call it, I would just believe that I was believing breathing in Jesus, you know? Hmm. And then I would say something like, Jesus, I thank you that I'm not depressed. And I, I thank you that you are joy and, and you say you live inside of me. And so your joy is living inside of me. And and I just fix my eyes on you. I focus on you and, and I'm done living in this space. I, I don't want to be a victim to that anymore. I mm. want you. And I, and I had to do that like 200 times a day. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then after a week, maybe a hundred times a day, and then after a month, maybe uh, fifty times a day, you know, right. and then after three months, it was once a week, and then eventually, I just, I, I, it didn't make sense to me anymore to go there because I had my mind had been renewed into this different reality, right? right. You reshaped your mind, mm -hmm. reshape my mind, free yeah. your mind, Neo. Free your mind. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think there's that step that you eventually have to make to say. I know that there's a reality, and this is something that Neo struggles with even before he's freed from the Matrix, is he struggles with this idea that he's living in the Matrix, but he knows that there's something more. Right. And yeah. I feel that there's a lot of people that just live in that tension, that are living in the day-to-day, -day, living in the rat race, living on the treadmill, and they know that there's something more. They know that living into these ideas isn't necessarily the best for them, you know, or mm -hmm. living into, you know, these mindsets. It's never actually helped them, but it's all they know, so they just stay there. And they kind of right. live in that tension, but never actually take the step, kind of draw a line in the sand or step off the cliff to experience the actual reality of this new kingdom that jesus brought yeah yeah so. and then he was he he discovered that there was something more when morpheus made it clear to him right there's another path you can take right and he gives him the option and he already says or you so you can take the blue pill mm -hmm. and forget everything uh, forget the the truth that i just told you right you can go back to living the way that you were living and you know doing what you were doing before with all the questions that you had in your head or you can take the red pill right and you can be free yeah. And you can experience the truth. Right. Even though it's not going to be easy. Right. Right? Yeah. I didn't promise you that would be easy. Right. I did promise you the truth. Yep. And I think Jesus says the same thing, you know, Morpheus being a 
Christ-like figure. <laughs> but Jesus promises the same thing. He's right. like, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but I've overcome the world. You know, what is mm-hmm. overcoming the world? It's our faith. You know what I mean? So our belief that, that we've been translated <laughs> into another kingdom, but we've been transferred from a kingdom of darkness into kingdom of light. And because of that light, we can actually see in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst right. of the mindsets, in the midst of the maybe missing the mark ideas that we have that keep us in certain patterns and addictions. We actually get to see not above those things in a way. I mean, um, in the way that we're looking down on people who are in those mindsets, right? But we can see through those things. Yeah, right. We see so through it. we see through those things like Neo does, like you said, we start to see the coding and the wiring of the way that seems right to a man. Right. right. So we start to see the patterns of the world and start to understand there's something different and I'm from a different world because I'm starting to walk with Jesus and he's from a different world and he's become my father and I'm his kid, you know? And so now I'm living from this different world. I'm starting to see that this stuff isn't right. And now let's start bending some rules, right? Like let's start, <laughs> let's start bending some rules. Let's start living differently. And then some people love it when you live differently, you know, and some people, they hate it when you live differently and they think yep. that you're, uh, it's an affront to them, you know, because they're met with somebody who's bringing opposition and not, they feel like they're, you're not on the same team as them. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And that causes a lot of problems, you know, and that's one of the reasons why it can be hard mm-hmm. to decide to live against the system. Right. Not in like an anarchist way, but right, right. to live maybe not against the system, but live for the reason the system was was kind of created. Right, right, right. To help create a healthy community. Mm-hmm. Right. When we start living beyond the system, maybe that's a better language to use. We're living beyond the system into the Living the, beyond the, the system. <laughs> Your brain on God. Your brain on God. God, God. <laughs> living beyond the system into the actual purpose the purpose right <laughs> are the purpose that we're here you right. know to love god and to love to love each other right when we live and have that be our purpose when that is what we focus on we stop focusing on as much on the insecurity that we have or mm-hmm. on these things that we keep getting wrong or doing wrong whenever we're trying whenever we make the our decision is i'm going to live for jesus i'm going to live to love others right i'm going to give my best to god and give my best to the people around me we stop focusing on ourselves and stop condemning ourselves and right. just focus on loving god and loving right. the people right yeah. and in that i think we find freedom mm-hmm. that that is the that is freedom in, right. in that when we can just fully live to love others wait now now i want to know how did you make that shift and we can end there but you asked me about it how did you make that shift or what was the journey for you stepping in you know from that old mindset into the new yeah i mean i think it was uh there's a couple different things i think of um not i won't go into all the details just because of we should wrap it up soon but uh i remember my first big encounter with god when i was in a place of depression and uh, uh, thinking about committing suicide thinking about the ways i could end my life and god encountering me in my room by myself nothing else was going on i wasn't in a big spiritual moment you know it's just like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden god was there he showed up and and my eyes were opened to the possibility of knowing him Mm -hmm. and that i can know you like this i just remember having this this experience i had uh, this experience of of feeling like god was there and he and he spoke to me when he said read your bible and i really i read a random verse and then uh uh, all of the sudden after i read this verse it's like he said i'm with you Mm. i'm here with you and everything that the weight that i was feeling was gone this this presence of of god i felt like embraced i felt like he was close and i was i never felt that before and i thought i can know you like this you can be this close 
And I just started pursuing him. I was like, I want to get to know you. If I can know you, I want to know you. If I can hear your voice, I want to hear your voice. Teach me your, teach me to hear your voice. Right, right, right. And this experience that it wasn't about the bad things that happened anymore. It was about knowing God. Right. And as I started to, uh, to move, move towards a, a place of gratitude, I'd practice, started practicing gratitude instead of missing the, the family members I've passed away in my life. I started thanking God for the time that I had for them. Right. And so this, this practicing gratitude every day helped mm. shift my perspective as well of not what was what I'm missing, what was gone, but what I had and what I currently have right now. Right. Um, yeah, I know there's a, and, and I had revelations in class about Jesus, the whole Jesus, don't focus on missing the mark. This is what right. the mark is. Whoa. Go right. to hit the mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That, in that moment when I realized that, whoa, that's huge. Another time I was in, <laughs> one more thing, right after I had beaten myself up for, for doing something stupid and, and, and choosing sin, feeling like God met me in that place, not with condemnation, but with, but with a, wanting to draw me closer. Right. It wasn't, I can't believe you did that. It was, I have so much more for you. Right. And it was this place, this place of follow me. I want to bring you to fullness. Right. It wasn't, he was, he wasn't condemning me. He wasn't putting me down. I didn't feel a sense of, of guilt and shame in that moment when I felt like he met me. But in the middle of my shame, once again, he came to me and he said, I have something more for you. Yeah. And it was this big shift. Like God's not trying to condemn me. He's trying to lead me to life. And so why would I not just follow him? And do my best to to go with where he wants me to go, right. and to follow where he leads, and not focus on doing the sin as much as focus on, uh, not focus on not sinning, but right. focus on living for him. Right. Focus on loving. Right. Because because all the sin is going to leave me in a place of brokenness. Right. In a place of shame and right. hurt, or a place of not as satisfied. Yeah. And it's like if if he designed this whole thing, mm-hmm. he knows what's going to satisfy me the most. And if you'd like to give your life to Jesus today, <laughs> you could text 951. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was beautiful. But it, it really is. It, it's, it's freedom. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a, a slight shift, but I think that shift is, is, is everything, you know, because even from a, a non-religious perspective, focusing on your failure, where does that ever get you? It just, it just perpetuates a cycle of failure. Mm-hmm. You know, and then even when you succeed, you still feel like a failure because you're still living in your past failures than rather than living in that freedom, you know, and shame, guilt, and condemnation. That's a whole nother podcast, but podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably each one of those is another podcast. <laughs> but anyway, we're so grateful that you joined us on this second episode of your brain on God, 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 God. God. You guys are beautiful. Have an incredible week when we will catch you next time. Catch you next time. Boom. This is Daryl signing out. And this is Aaron DNA podcast. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Peace out.